Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Leon from Pantry's Best. Thank you, SWC Organizing Committee, for having me here today. I bootstrapped this pastry business with my partner almost 12 years ago. From a two-people team in a pastry studio in Beijing, we have grown to over 400 staff delivering sweet happiness to many mainland Chinese cities. To run a startup company is not only about to start up. It's a marathon. It's full of hard decisions without any perfect answer. But it's also a fun experience in which you can happily surprise yourself with your potentials that you didn't know before. At the moment, as a female entrepreneur, What I would like to share the most are the following three things. First of all, to take good care of yourself. As we hear every time on an airplane, if the oxygen masks drop, you need to make sure you wear it yourself before helping others. It applies in your business life as well. You are the most valuable asset to your business. And in the meantime, you're not just a CEO of a company. You could also be a mom, a daughter, or a passionate volunteer in your community. It's crucial to keep yourself emotionally and physically healthy so that you can always charge your team and move the business forward. During the first few years of my entrepreneurial life, I barely kept any time for myself. So it resulted in bad burnout of myself. I had to leave the business for one year to recover myself. As a consequence, the business also got negatively affected. But luckily, thanks to my partner, my family, and my teammates, I managed to get back to work and turn the business around. Nowadays, I know it's not not possible to have another long vacation like before, but I would schedule my weekly routines to develop my hobbies. The time off work can be as important as the time at work. Secondly, I would say, be yourself. Oftentimes, female leaders will try to be tougher, to be able to win the game or to influence others. If you're not a harsh person, you can hardly always fake it. Your company conveys your own value, and the corporate culture is reflective about your own character. There is no right or wrong type of management. Never fake yourself at work. You'll be able to gain trust and win friends more easily if you can just be yourself. Of course, this is not against to keep developing yourself and improving yourself. Last but not least, I would like to encourage you to have more empathy rather than sympathy. Empathy is about listening and empowering, whereas plain sympathy could drag yourself into some other people's emotional black hole. Females are usually more sensitive about others' feelings. It's a great attribute, but we need to practice not to let this sensitivity control ourselves, and you will find yourself becoming a mentally stronger person to take on more important responsibilities. That's all for today at SWC. Thank you for listening, 
and wish everyone a bright future. Thank you so much, Wang Liang, for the wonderful advice. Take care of yourself, be yourself, and don't be sensitive. Thank you so much. And I believe your entrepreneurial journeys certainly have inspired many curious minds. So next up is our most anticipated pitch competition. We do have another keynote speaker from Matthias Hendricks, former Apple's uh, executive. Please. Hello, and welcome to my keynote speech at Startup World Cup Asia Finale. My name is Matthias Hendricks, and I'm speaking to you today from Hong Kong, where I've been living and working for the past 15 years. Until recently, I was an executive with Apple in Asia Pacific. My background of 25 years spans across my own startups, strategy consulting, and corporate roles with large multinationals. Uh, my role at Apple was to lead their App Store and iTunes retail and payment business in Asia Pacific um, across 20 markets. Today, I'd like to share with you my thoughts and advice, especially for startup founders, um, based on my, my experience over the years. But before we get started, why don't we take a quick look at my favorite business cartoon, Dilbert. Dilbert has been around for ages and produced some of the funniest business cartoons in my mind. The little dog on the chair that you see is called Dogbird, and he seems to have a meeting with a venture capitalist. He says to him that he needs $100,000 for his location-based social media cloud startup. And the VC guy replies well, that he doesn't just give him the money for using a few buzzwords. Well, then Dogbird asks him for $10 million instead. And all of a sudden, the, the VC guy seems to change his mind and, and finds this idea very appealing all of a sudden. <laughs> but seriously, funding is just the result and not the prerequisite of success. So what is success then? Well, for me, there are three things, and it's team, team, and team. Bear in mind, 60% of all startups fail because of problems with the team. So today I would like to take a deeper look at what it takes to build a successful team. You might be thinking of some iconic startups that now have become huge enterprises, be it Apple, be it Tesla and, and Microsoft, uh, with, with very iconic leaders like Steve Jobs, Elon Musk and Bill Gates. But remember, in the beginning, they were all part of very, very successful and effective teams. And these iconic leaders were just one member, a very important member, but just one member of, of these teams. So let's, let's take some time today and, and, and look at what does it take and how to build such effective teams. And I'm, I'm happy to share with you my, my learnings from, from Apple, from my startups, and my, my days in strategy consulting. So why is it that important to focus so much on the team? Well, let me tell you my learnings from my own startups. Changes happen all the time. Something comes up either in your market or with competitors or um, within uh, even an adjacent industry. Um, and that requires you to change your business, to adjust, to adapt, 
and, and maybe to pivot. And that is fine. That, that, that's part of the fun, it's part of the ride. So you, you need to have a team that has that flexibility and, and mindset and, and can easily shift and, and adjust to new circumstances. That is more important than, than finding uh, somebody with an expert skill set. Uh, you, you can always hire someone like that, but, but to have a team that, that is willing to let go, maybe even of the original idea, um, because it has proven to, to not be effective in, in that way, that is very critical and that you cannot buy. So you need to find that kind of mindset from the outset. So how to do it? Well, I would say diversity for me is, is a very key element here. And diversity, be, besides all the things that, that you might think of, means that you don't have people who are all the same. Uh, it makes no sense to just bring together a group of, of like-minded people who have all the same strength and all the same weaknesses. You want to have a team that is as, as broad in, in terms of mindsets, in terms of skill sets, and in terms of experience, um, because you, you will need an engineer. If, if you're a tech startup, you won't need an engineer. You need a sales guy. You need to have a finance guy. Um, and typically, the skills and the, the personality types are very different for, for, a, for a software engineer versus a, a, a finance guy or, or, or a salesperson. So um, make sure you have the right kind of mix in your team and, and the right uh, diversity of, of ideas and mindsets. So you, you challenge in a good way, you challenge each other and, and uh, by that make your ideas and, and your business plan and, and everything stronger and, and more robust. Here's a good framework to use. Let's look at it from a personality type perspective. And bear in mind that um, some of these personality types might be within the same person. So there are six key personality types. One is called the genius. Then you have the overperformer, the leader, the industry expert, the sales beast, and the financial nerd. And uh, you want to make sure you have good representation across these different personality types. And again, one person can actually be more than one personality type. So for example, the leader could be the same person as, as the sales beast or the genius or the overperformer and the genius might be the same person. Um, but I think it's important to, to uh, look at it from a broader perspective and, and use a framework like this can actually help you to see if you cover your base. Think about that when you look at your own startup. Do you cover all your bases? So now let me share some of my own experiences in building a team. The first example I want to mention was my first startup that I started in Germany in 1996. The company was called Intraflux and we built intranet websites for corporate clients. In the beginning, I, I did everything by myself. I did the web design, I did the sales, I did the marketing, I did everything in the back office that was necessary. But very quickly, I realized that um, my my expertise was more um, dealing with customers, dealing with people, 
rather than, for example, looking after the financials. So uh, I found uh, two co-founders to, to grow and scale the business together with me. One was indeed uh, somebody who was very strong in, in finance and, and everything related to back office management. You can call him the financial nerd, uh, according to my framework from before. Um, and the second one was an industry expert who really knew a lot how the clients that I was targeting with my, my business, um, how they were operating and how they were thinking. So his skill set was super, super helpful to, to get deeper into the, into the market. Um, above and beyond all of that, we were super aligned on, on the vision and what we wanted to achieve. And um, that, that is often a, a challenge and, and, and a critical element. And, and I will share a little bit more about that later on. My second example comes from my days in strategy consulting. And as some of you may know, consulting firms like to hire people from a very diverse and, and broad background. What, why is that? Um, well, for problem solving, especially for problems that, that are quite complex and, and maybe um, haven't been tackled and solved in, in that way before, it's beneficial to bring together a team that has very different perspectives. Um, and, and that's why consulting firms often hire people from history background or even physics that have no, no business uh, related study background. Um, and it has proven very, very effective that if you bring together a team with such heterogeneous background uh, that, that the problem solving and coming up with very creative ideas, how to overcome a certain challenge, a certain um, problem um, is, is superior than, than just having a, a group of business experts who are all the same. So remember what I said about the personality types. You don't want to have the same um, type of person, uh, all of your friends who maybe think in the same way. It is what, what consulting firms have been doing for many, many years already. I want to come back to one topic that I mentioned before. Um, remember my Intraflux startup? I, I told you that, that we were very aligned um, on what we want to do on our vision. Well, there was a recent study by Harvard Business Review that analyzed quite a number of startups and, and they realized that um, skills and, and prior experience in startups are, are great and help, um, but it's, uh, it's not enough. And uh, what is actually imperative is that the team uh, shows uh, a high level of passion and um, is, is very much aligned on where the journey should go. Basically, what, what is the vision and, and how, how to get there? So rather than um, just looking at the resume when, when you select maybe your, your fellow founders and, and, and team members, don't just look at the skills, but look at whether you are aligned on, on what you want to do, what you want to achieve. That is critical. Ultimately, you spend so many hours um, so you, you need to make sure you have a team who, who pulls all in the same direction. My keynote is now coming to an end and I want to make sure to summarize a few important points. Building and growing a company is a lot of hard work, a lot of sleepless nights, but it's also a lot of fun. So make sure that, that you surround yourself with the right people that you want to go through this with who are like-minded, uh, passionate, 
um, get the motivation and energy out of um, a lot of hard work and, and the challenges um, that you will go through together. A lot of companies pivot. A lot of companies will end up doing things differently than how they started out in the beginning. And that's all part of the right. So you want to find people who think and feel in the same way and are motivated to um, build this together with you um, in a joint way. Um, for me, I'd like to thank all of you and wish especially the participating startups here all the best for the competition today. But above and beyond, uh, I would like to wish all of you successful years with your businesses to come. Thank you and bye-bye. All right, thank you so much, Matthias, for the insights and the story. Matthias actually emphasized a lot on the team and diversity. And today, we're very happy to have a diversity of group of startup teams pitching to the top judging panel for the grand prize, 30,000 Hong Kong dollars. Also the ticket to the grand finale 2021 scheduled for November in San Francisco. Let me introduce the judges first. Uh, let me start with the people in the room. We have uh, Jenny Tan, the president of Rocket Group, former CSO of Nanovo. Welcome. And we, and we have Sam Thrin, managing director, Affinity Equity Partners. And we have Daniel Wu, general manager of Tencent IEG Innovation Lab. Welcome. We also have George Zhang in the room. He's the managing director of Safe China Investment Fund. Welcome. And we also have judges online. Uh, we have Perkins Ho, Senior Business Development Manager of Hong Kong and Taiwan Strategic Programs, AWS. And we also have Alan Hallowell, Venture Capital, Venture Capitalist at the Venture Partner of Alpha JWC Partners Ventures. Welcome, Alan and Perkins. Thank you for joining us virtually online. And we have two winning teams from Startup World Cup regionals across Asia. We can see the logos. Next slide. And each team gets to pitch to the judges for six minutes and with three minutes for the Q&A sessions. And the judges, please get ready with your scoring system on your laptop. Please remember to score each team once their session is done. And we do have a halftime break in the middle of the pitches for about five to 10 minutes. Right, so without further ado, Let's welcome our first speaking startup, Water Design Japan. Welcome. Thank you. I'll share the screen. Oh, so the first team is Bill, PGI. All right, let me take a quick look here. We also have Bill Recker, our managing partner of Texas Tech Venture, joining us as a pa judge panel. And we have a PGI as our first pitching startup, PGI Personal Greatness Institute, joining us virtually. Thank you. So before I start, I want, I'm going, to, I'm going to start by not jumping into the pitch deck itself, but share with everyone how the concept of PGI was born 20 years ago. So it was actually inspired by a Tom Cruise movie. It's called The Minority Report. It was about a pre-crime unit preventing and predicting future crimes by making arrests beforehand. So that led me to, to wonder, what if there is a pre-mistake unit to send an alert to management on a stressed out employee moment before he makes a costly mistake, right? Please take over. Mm -hmm. 
Zappos CEO Tony Shea once estimated that bad hires had cost his company well over $100 million. The interview process is currently very subjective, and every interview aims to answer three questions. One, do you have the skills and expertise to perform this job? Two, are you enthusiastic and interested in the job? And three, will you fit into the team, company, and the culture? What is the solution to reducing mistakes and ensuring crises are being averted? A candidate pre-deficiency report that synthesizes data from two apps to produce a ranking of candidates. After, we will generate a report that quantitatively ranks potential new hire candidates on match potential based on their attributes and synergy with the current team. By analyzing the data from both apps and a time capsule algorithm of public information, we'll blend in seamlessly with your current interview process to measure neurocognitive performance of your job candidates, giving you a true and accurate picture of their abilities in just one hour, helping to ensure that you find the best candidate for the job. We are specifically trying to capture small market teams with low salary caps to help become more competitive. We are using a 6% fee structure because it's the average of our pricing protocol. I will explain that in our future slides. For the executive search market, we only want to capture positions with an annual salary of 250,000 US dollars or higher. For the global auto insurance market, we're looking to capture drivers who are under the age of 25 because we can assess their maturity and help reduce young driver premiums. We have uh, achieved 98% accuracy rating from 1,500 participants that have been in high school, college, and professional sports at our 3,000 square foot research facility in Boston. We currently have five patent pending technologies, and we're currently collaborating with Duke, Harvard, and Boston University Institute for Autism Research on two clinical studies. So I'm Stephen Lamb. I'm one of the co-founder. So I have none of the pedigree required to be in this predictive business, but I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded by really smart people in the respective field. So my only strength is I, my strength is to connect the dots where people see that end. So this is when I build my own commodity forecast model with using weather data. And I, I met Brett about five years ago. We've been friends for a long time. And then last April, when we were having lunch, celebrating him getting full scholarship into PhD program in Harvard. Little did I know, at the end of our, our lunch, he told me, Steve, I'm going to drop out and become your co-founder. As a former elite athlete, I experienced double hip surgery twice. It really helped push me towards this venture and kind of show me what I wanted to do with my life. Each of those rehabilitation process, uh, processes yielded totally different results. And it was due to the passion and the coaching. When creating our advisory board, we met with professors from all over the world. And we settled on these professors because they fill in the gaps in our knowledge. They have a very growth mindset and they share the common goal of wanting to measure the unmeasurable. We have Dr. Susan Putnam, who works at the uh, Canisius College. She is the director of neuroscience and she specializes in stress hormones. We have Brian Decord, who is our gatekeeper into our network. He's worked in major league sports in the NHL for the Boston Bruins, uh, Arizona Coyotes and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Dr. Greg Applebaum is a researcher at Duke University who is a specialist in cognitive performance and brain mapping. We also have Dr. Marla Zucker, who's at Boston University, and she is a clinical psychologist that specializes in trauma. 
we have we are the most complete solution that is our competitive advantage we are the most holistic approach to understanding performance outcomes at this time none of our competition looks at such a multi-dimensional approach to personality uh, for example performance coaches look at job related questionnaires and try to understand performance changes under pressure but they're only look at it from a psycho uh, psychologic subjective view iq eq and personality tests are trying to understand the 24 7 capabilities of that person while also giving you access to who they are 24 seven. Well, that is, is this problematic because it's very easy to be one person or portray yourself for hundred or 200 questions. Vice versa. If you're on the Apple watch or a Fitbit more pommel technology, it's great because it's giving you biometrics. So we can look at your heart rate. We can look at your cortisol. We can look at different things that are happening immediately. The problem is with this in the current systems is, they only time sample at certain points. So if you were to have a, say an uh, anxiety attack or a panic attack at 11 a.m. and it's sampled at 10.30, it would be missed. Our business model is we have a five-tier structure with different levels of data integration. Our multi-tier fee structure is based on a percentage of annual compensation. We have picked the sports industry to validate our proof of concept because the rec it records tons of stats and analytics already. Our success is based on a layered approach to developing an algorithm, which takes time. The National uh, Basketball Association and the National right. Hockey League. Sorry, team, but it seems like the time is up. Accuracy. Right, moving on to our second team of the day. It's welcome Water Design Japan for the presentation. Water Design, whenever you're ready. Let's bring back the Zoom page. Thank you. Okay, thank you. All right. So. Hello everyone, my name is Natsumi, co-founder of Water Design Japan. Is my mic okay? Or okay. Okay, so first of all, I'm gonna show you something that might make you feel gross, but it's very important. Imagine if your water pipe looked like this. Would you want to drink your tap water from this? Those slimy dirt around water pipe is a big problem. It could cause a clogged pipe or damages or even serious impact for our health. And this can happen almost everywhere, such as hospital, factories, and even for our home and buildings. And most of the time, it clean with a chemical, which costs a lot of money and bad for our environment. But our solution is different. We use the technology called ultra fine bubble which is the nano-sized, very, very small, tiny bubble. It can stay in the water more than one year, which has cleaning benefit. The top one is the drain pipe and the bottom one is a station bathroom water pipe. So how this happened, how the bubble can have a cleaning benefit. So the very tiny bubble, it can go underneath the dirt to lift it up the dirt to remove it from the bottom. And ultra fine bubble also known to have not just cleaning benefit, but also a coating effect and moisturizing effect like beauty effect and gas distillation. It can use for like product development or factories and growth promotion for agriculture, aquaculture. It's known for a lot of different advantages, but today I like to focus on a cleaning benefit. So how can this be used? And our technology has been used for uh, hospital for the dialysis machine cleaning. And this was published at the dialysis doctor conference in Japan 2019. And we were able to bring them cleaning benefit. And we were able to reduce the amount of chemical usage and also the frequency of their cleaning. 
which was about like 3000 US dollar per month. And we were able to bring them by 60% of their maintenance cost reduction and less chemical. So of course it's better for the patient and eco-friendly solution. This introducing our solution, UFB Dual. When the water gets through the nozzle, ultrafine bubble will be generated. It's so easy and simple to use. So for your home, you will need only just one UFB dual and you can straight to implement this into your water pipe and all the water coming into your home or building will all transform into ultrafine bubble. And in Japan, since this technology found and discovered in Japan, a lot of consumer uh, maker has been using this technology to build a product such as Toshiba has released like laundry machine, other company like bathtub, showerhead, many other consumer products, but you will need to have a power and maybe maintenance and you have to do a construction, but our solution is a nozzle type and you only need just one nozzle in your home and you don't have to do individual construction or anything and no maintenance and safety approved. And it can use literally everywhere you want. And it has been used by have the, uh, more than 5,000 places in Japan, not just home, but many other places such as hospital for like equipment cleaning or factories or even for a uh, hot spring like onsen, Japanese people love onsen. So it has been used many places. And we already been working with uh, different players, different industry people for their research or product department, such as manufacture, beauty and medicals. And we already have a strong partnership with many uh, uh, companies here in Japan. And we are bootstrap and we are expecting 1 million sales of this year. And since we are growing, we are working on the new product development for the global expansion because we are actually the winner of the startup workup uh, Osaka Regional and uh, has been uh, recognized for other exerting program. And right now, uh, about 60 to 70% uh, of the contact from come from overseas. And we have been hearing from like uh, 60 different countries uh, that they need this solution and that they have a problem of the water related thing. And that's why we are trying to work for the global version for the expansion and we're working on it. And right now we're already working with a research partner in overseas, but we are looking for more potential partner to test this uh, technology in particular area, such as agriculture, aquaculture, and also building and medicals. So if you're interested, we would love to talk with you for the a potential partnership. And our team is very uh, unique and strong as well. Myself is Natsumi, and our CEO is a serial entrepreneur. He's actually living in Shanghai more than 10 years before, so he understands the culture and language. And our engineer, he's a former CEO of Mitsubishi Chemical Cleansley, has deep knowledge about water and engineering uh, background. It's a tiny bubble to enrich our lives. If you're interested, please let us know, and thank you so much for listening. There are some existing solutions. Um, how are you able to kind of protect your um, product? How are you able to erect a uh, barrier to competition around your product? Uh, number two, can you talk about the uh, unit economics of your product, you know, pricing um, and, uh, uh, you know, margin that you're expecting? So the first question, uh, our product is patented and also approved as a water supply and passed the drinkable water test in Japan. That's why it can use for home uses and straight to implement as a water pipe. And our product is the only one can be used for uh, sensitive places such as 
hospital and factories and those places because it needs to be uh, certified and the material needs to be safety safe enough to be used and our is the only one has been used and tested for, for those use and the second question um so since this ultra fine bubble technology has discovered in japan there are around like 100 to 200 company has been producing or development ultra fine bubble related technologies but uh, there, and there are a lot, uh, several ways to generate this uh, technology, but our is the only one certified as a water supply and can be applied for many different industries. Because other generator, the way they generate the bubble, they use the external air. Like today, we know like could be like uh, dust or like COVID-19 virus or like many other things could contain in this air outside. So we cannot use those air in order to be able to use for sensitive places such as a medical or factory that place we could uh, even apply for. So that will be the huge differences and also the water pressure doesn't drop. So that's why it can straight to implement into a water pipe. Thank you. Can we give another question to the judges online? Bill. You're muted, Bill. Bill. So if I could ask a question, hi. Um, if so, you you started out saying you're focused on, or you you I guess you proved it on kidney dialysis, um, and then you're talking homes and factories and industry. So when you have five thousand installations, which is great, um, but where's the center of your business model? Where you know where's the focus and the big opportunity for scaling this up bigger? So right now, since uh, as we starting, we were doing a lot of tests with many different industry because it's new technology. We wanted to find the like right place to scale. And right now, uh, the place we found the go to market is the housing and those like uh, consumer uh, industries. And in order to expand our technology, the current model into a global standard, uh, we need to change the material. That's why we are working on the product development. Uh, to be able to use for the global uh, version certified wise. Okay, so mean? you're saying hospitals and healthcare, is that what you're saying is the center? Is the target? Uh, no. Home and buildings. Consumer. Consumer, home. Home and building constructions. Okay. Any type of building, like could be a restaurant, like a hair salon or like a single home owner building apartment. Okay, but you only sell one per house. <laughs> but if it's a apartment building it, it, it'll be in the visual rooms okay okay thank you all right do i have another quick question yes george you mentioned your product is eco-friendly so how is it is uh, is it made uh, uh, biologically or chemically or what is it will have uh discharge well, uh, you know, negative discharge, like well, toxic substance, et cetera, or really it has uh, nano characteristics with, with nano like enzyme or not, please. Thank you. So the way we generate the bubble is as long when the water get through the nozzle, we transform the existing bubble in the water, CO2 contain or some like air. So we transform those bubble into ultra fine bubble, nano sized. So we don't change the water purifier or quality or anything. And it's not gonna be something it will do anything harmful. And the uh, product material itself is uh, stainless and glass. 
And why we say uh, our solution is sustainable because this ultra fine bubble technology itself could help uh, reduce the amount of chemical usage and bring the cleaning benefit and so on. So that's why, uh, for example, for hospital, we were able to reduce the amount of chemical usage uh, like per month, like about like 3000 US dollar, about like 60% of the maintenance cost drop. So it's a huge drop for the maintenance. So that's why um, it could be helpful for the uh, uh, SDG segment. All right, thank you so much, uh, Water Design Japan for the presentation and the questions from the judges. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, next up, seems like we got the third startup pitching ready here. Um, let's welcome Predify. This has been a production of Industry Pods in association with Evergreen Podcasts Network. Hear this and other industry pods at evergreenpodcasts.com, your favorite podcast app, or listen at industrypods.com for your number one virtual conference podcast experience.